Welcome to the Rizam Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 24. Joel Payne from Resound Worship. I'm Sam Hargreaves from EngageWorship.org and this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode we'll be dissecting the classic song Praise is Rising, reviewing the October songwriting challenge, discussing how to write Advent songs in the workshop and responding to your tweets, posts and emails. Hello. Hello Sam Hargreaves, welcome to episode 24. Can I just say, yes. this morning when I Skyped you, I was all raring and ready to go. I was fully caffeinated and my <laughs> mind was sharp. But if I have... Then you said um, you couldn't do it this morning. There were cleaners so everywhere, a, yeah. Yeah, well, if I have a post... Cleaners everywhere, you're so showbiz. Um, <laughs> so if we have a post-lunch slump today, yeah. I'm blaming you. Post-lunch slump, I like to call yeah. that. We, we just call it a lump. <laughs> yeah, if, if you have a lump, blame me. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, um, if you have a lump, you should see your doctor. Uh, Samuel, what has October held in the life of the Hargreave? It's been busy. Yeah, we've been doing a lot. Um, so we've put out one of our own um, books, another in the series. We did uh, outdoor worship earlier in the year, and we've just put out simple worship. So it's basically, I don't know if you have this thing, Joel, where you, does anyone ever say to you, oh, we can't do worship or hang on, before we do worship, we need to rehearse and we need to get the right people and we need to get a team. And yeah. it just feels a bit like the the worship thing has become this kind of very complicated beast. Um, and I guess the book is about saying, well, what about if we strip some of that away and actually got back to the heart of what worship is really about? Um, and what about if we rediscovered some other ways of worshipping that perhaps weren't so labour intensive? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and so it's, it's full of kind of both, you know, it's got thoughts, but then it's got loads of usable ideas. And we particularly wanted people who are in small groups to use it because people often say to us, oh, how do we worship in our small group? Or people in churches where they just maybe don't have so much resources or in, you know, even in a big church to say, let's intentionally not use all the resources we have. Maybe let's turn the screen off this week or yeah. let's give the band a break and let's, you know, actively pursue some of these other things. It's ironic in some ways that the form of worship in some of the sort of big contemporary um, celebrations is sort of simple. Sing a song, sing a song, sing a song, say some prayers. But actually the amount of technical expertise you need and the amount of preparation yeah. and planning in order to achieve that, it, it's almost like... A, there's a brilliant word. analogy on the tip of your tongue here. There is. It is whatever it is, it's almost like that, isn't it? And <laughs> I, I agree. find that it's, astonishing. It's entirely like that, yeah. <laughs> what about you've been doing some stuff um with Area 52, haven't you? Mm. So we started Area 52 uh, just over a year ago. And um the idea is to post stuff for every week of the lectionary. Um and the lectionary is set readings um that follows the church year. So if you're in um, a sort of free church, this might be completely sort of foreign to you. But what's good about it is that it forces you not only to follow this rhythm of the church year, but also to look at bits of the Bible that you wouldn't normally look at. Yeah. And the idea of Area 52 is to provide kind of creative worship resources. So Bob Hartman writes stuff. Um, we've got people doing visuals. We've got people doing um, videos, music, um, ways that people can engage with the, the kind of different Bible set texts. 
And because we're coming into the second year, we've been putting a lot of effort into Advent. So this is going to kind of lead us on to our theme for today. But um, yeah, so there's now, if you look on uh, the engageworship.org website, there's a whole load of new material for Area 52. We're really excited by uh, Richard Lyle's done some brilliant imagery. I saw one of those. I saw the... um... Yeah. The sign of the... What was it? Something to do with signs. Anyway, it was a load of so, signs that he'd kind of so mocked up So it's based on Isaiah. Yeah, and it's that the Lord the Lord will give you a sign and it goes on to say the virgin will, will conceive. But he kind of took that idea, had a chat around with some others and, and came up with the idea of putting it in lots of different very contemporary places. So there's a kind of neon sign version and, um, you know, one in London and one on a bus and yeah. one on a tube station. And so it's, it's that sense of you know, putting the Bible and the story into our kind of contemporary, contemporary I life. I thought it was brilliant. And I, it was so well done. I genuinely sat there thinking he hasn't paid for a neon sign in Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's done that all himself. It's really good. And yeah, there's loads of stuff like that. We're, re- we're really pleased. I, th- I feel like um, we're continuing this this thing, but we're kind of stepping up as well. There's, there's more stuff. There's newer stuff. There's a wider range of stuff for this year. So I really would uh, love people to go and check it all out. And it's all free on engageworship.org slash area52. Cool. Um, talking of Times Square, I just saw on Facebook a um, a thing of Matt Redman leading 10,000 Reasons in Times Square. Have you seen that? Whoa, no. Oh, uh, yeah, really cool. But the best bit was the, the top of the comments underneath it. People have put stuff like, oh, yeah, praise the Lord, hooray. And someone had written, all my passwords are based around Matt Redman's name. <laughs> 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 I thought it was marvellous. Anyway, there you go. Wow. You can add that to your outdoor worship book for the for the next version. Um, you know what? All, all my passwords are based around your name. <laughs> it's all variations of Joel. I don't even know what that means. Joel is my hero. <laughs> Joel is my so, hero one. So the, like, the least sensible comment on Facebook. <laughs> so, um, well, I have had a lovely month because I bought a new guitar Yes. Mm. As you know, you very kindly came with me to try out guitars. That was um, fun, wasn't it? It was really good fun. And it made such a difference having someone else there, both in terms of my kind of confidence in what I liked and didn't like, being able to listen to somebody who's better on the guitar playing it so I could hear it. Imagine <laughs> what it could sound like. Um, and, yeah, it was lovely. And because they had my old guitar, so I had it stolen a couple of months ago. It wasn't literally my old one, but... The same model, pretty much <laughs> that the same. Funny if had been yeah, I shouldn't have just ignored it. And um, so I was able to play that and think, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then try some other ones. And this beautiful Gibson Hummingbird Red Spruce Special mm. Edition that I settled on, it sounded way better. And it was lovely. It is a very nice guitar. So thank you, Sam. So I'm very happy about no that. Um, I've also started to do a little bit of gigging with my wife as um, a band for a chap called Paul McClure, who is he's known as Paul McClure, the Rutland Troubadour, if you want to look him up. Um, and uh, he's not very Christian, uh, but he won't mind me saying that. Although there is <laughs> a massive, Amer- I don't know this guy, but there's quite a big selling American Christian artist called Paul McClure, who he often gets mistaken for. And people occasionally arrive at his gigs disappointed <laughs> <laughs> when he just sings kind of dour Americana. Um, so that's been fun, just kind of playing and doing that kind of thing together. I also yeah. interviewed... Brian Dirksen, did you listen to the interview, Sam? That was a cracking interview. Wasn't it good? That guy. He's like, I think, songwriting royalty. He, not only can he write brilliant songs, we've, we've made this comment many times before, not everyone can both write songs and talk about writing songs, but he is definitely someone who not only writes, but 
is passionate about helping other people write better and can help them on that road. I thought it sounded amazing. And, the, you know, he was saying about this this course that yeah. he runs in Canada. And I was thinking, oh, I want to go there. That I sounds know. amazing. If you are in Canada, if you are near Canada, get yourself on that course. I think you have to send him some demos and stuff. And then, um, yeah, brilliant. So I really enjoyed that interview. And um, I think we, we might have to try and get him back at some point. And I don't mean yeah. like get our revenge. I mean, get him back on. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to try and get him back at some point. Um, and then the other thing we've done this month is we had our 50th birthday celebration in London. Joel, on you wouldn't think that you were so old, but you look very young. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 50 years since Youth Praise launched this whole new era of um, song and hymn writing. It was a brilliant day. Sam, you led, you had the engaged band. There was the All Souls Orchestra all playing together. Music was superb. Um, and I, I just listed a few of my highlights of the day. And maybe you can, um, maybe you can chip in with yours. I mean, one of the highlights, obviously, was meeting Radsey from Blue Peter. Oh, yeah. Um, I yes. didn't know who he was before, but you... I got big kudos from my daughter for meeting Radsey and getting her a... Uh, in, uh, autograph from him he came to report on it for songs of praise so that's going to be on sometime in the next couple of months um i also had i think in some ways i hadn't really appreciated just how much that group of um mainly clergymen pioneered playing guitar in church back when they started everyone just said you can't play guitar richard buse um said someone had said to him i can see jesus playing the piano but i can't see him playing the guitar (laughs) that's actually how you should make all theological decisions can i see jesus doing this what would jesus play what would jesus yeah exactly you know can i picture jesus doing this no i cannot picture him i was also struck that um michael bourne who's so he's the guy who kind of pulled this whole thing together and and published this book, which has gone on to kind of, in some ways, launch the the um, songwriting careers of hymn writers, writing mm. texts and, and tune writers. Michael Bourne actually was quite unusual because he wrote, but he was actually an early songwriter in the kind of mould that we do now, even yeah. though everyone around him was writing texts and tunes and fitting them together. So I find that very interesting. And also, not only did I meet Radzi, I met Timothy Dudley Smith. What a legend. What a legend. He possibly greater than radsey do you know timothy dudley smith came up to me and said can i have your address please and i was about to give him my web address and then i realized that he meant my actual physical home address and i was like you mean my my home oh okay you want to come around for tea i don't know if he's gonna send me like a letter bomb or something i think he is i've had one actually not a letter bomb but yeah nice letter um yeah sam what were your reflections on the on the day uh Everything you said, uh, I totally loved playing with the orchestra. They are amazing. The All Souls Orchestra are just phenomenal. Mm. Particularly when we played my song, Come Me Thankful People Come, which we had not rehearsed at all. And suddenly, in like the first chorus, I turned around and realised that they were just busking along and it sounded amazing. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, this whole sense of... Because if people, you know, don't know... um, Jubilate uh, Hymns is our kind of parent organisation uh, for what we do with Resound, and so what we're doing is is in a is in this kind of history of people pioneering new forms of worship and writing new songs and doing it in a very British-based kind of grassroots way. Mm. Um, and you know the stories of you know Michael Bourne just you know basically going from church to church trying to sell this hymn book. Uh, were remarkable and then to think of how you know and also they played a lot of the old 
him, um, youth praise songs and just the, the affection that people have for those yeah. songs and you know they knew that they knew the the page numbers of of these you know, every song and they could shout out the page and you could say oh you know which which one was the easiest to play and people would shout out which one it was and you know it was just a lot of affection but i think it wasn't just uh a sort of a, i mean there was a bit of nostalgia but it was also a sense of wow we are standing on the shoulders of giants and you know, this is giving us a foundation for what we're doing and for what, you know, God wants to do uh, in this country through, you know, future hymn and songwriting. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, uh, the, one of the songs that, that kept coming up was this one called Can It Be True? That apparently yeah. everyone in the 60s learned to play guitar to. So I had a little, I will put it on the, on the. Um, we're going to make a little link section on our podcast page on our website. So, because there'll be quite a few links today. And I found a version of Cliff Richard singing it. Um, wow. That sounds really cool. So I'll put that up <laughs> so you can hear it. Let's move along to some correspondence. Well, we had a, a very interesting email this uh, month from a chap called Dave. Um, because you remember we, I think it was last time, or, or the time before, we played a pre-release version of Chris Juby's new song, Come and Worship Christ the King. We sang that on the 15th at the celebration. It was wonderful. People really loved it and got into it. Um, and so we did all the stuff and we put it out there. And then we got this email from Dave. And Dave asked a really good question about a bit of theology at the end of the third verse that was quite awkward because we, we read it and thought, oh, he's, you know what, he's right. There's basically, <laughs> there was a line in it which, taken a certain way, implied a kind of universalism that was never the never the point of the song just um, uh, explain universalism for the universalism is basically everyone's going to heaven so it's all fine okay um and that certainly for the songwriter was never the never the intention of it and um so we had a bit of umming and ahhing and then we went and ran it by a few people and some kind of thinking worship leaders and so on eventually thought you know what we need to change this so uh, we're going to, so that's what we're doing. So um, it's it's annoying for us because Dave was right and we, we should have picked this up. Um, but Tom is kindly going to re-sing some of it for us and we've updated all the charts and scores and things. Um, but there's a bit of me is kind of pleased to have this opportunity because I think that worship song publishers should be willing to say, Do you know, we got that wrong, it needs changing, yeah, rather than it's yeah. out there, it's too late, you know, don't criticise it. Yeah, I think it's it's really good. I, I must admit, when the, when the email first came in and somebody started to say, oh, I just got a question about this, and I my kind of heart sunk and I thought, oh no, here's somebody kind of moaning again. And actually, I think, you know, and as I read the email, I thought, mm, yeah, maybe you've got a point. Uh, but, you know, you, you went away and, and did something about it, Joel. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a, you know, hats off to you and to Chris as well for being open to, to thinking about it and changing it. And I, and I agree that I think we should be more more open to this and we've seen haven't we when we've looked at you know hymns in the past how hymns have been through so many revisions over the years as people mm. have refined the words and improved them and and there's that sort of weird sacredness about some worship songs oh no that's how i wrote it that's how it's got to be but actually yeah. you know maybe it's more helpful in the long term it's you know it's half a day's annoyance isn't it to yeah. change the song but actually it might be 10 or 20 years of of use if we get it right yeah and maybe that's what some of the some of the classics we've been dissecting. You wonder, don't yeah. you? Every now and again, maybe someone could have looked at that. On that theme, let us dissect a classic. Dissect a classic. 
our classic this month from the CCLI Top 25 in the UK is dun, 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 Praise is Rising, Hosanna by Paul Blush and Brenton Brown. Um, it's a it's kind of upbeat praise song. We've sort of we've discussed this a little bit in the past when we've been talking about lively praise songs, haven't we? But we're yeah. going to cover it in a bit more detail. Um, it's certainly one that we sing a fair bit in my church. Probably it's it's one of about four or five kind of call to worship bankers I've got. At least two or three yeah. of which are by Paul Belosh, and um, it's essentially so. The, so the story, as far as I understand it, is that they were. The two, these two guys were just sort of were thinking about Palm Sunday, thinking about that picture of Jesus walking into Jerusalem, sorry, riding into Jerusalem, and visualizing that scene and the palm branches and all the rest of it. And out of that, they wrote this Hosanna chorus. Um, and then from there, the verse actually becomes. It's really when you begin thinking of it in this way, it's very clever. The, the verse becomes a, a kind of a. The opening as if he's just setting out on the donkey and people are starting to fill the streets and the praise is rising and the eyes are turning and and it's very evocative conjuring a scene Mm. and then went on to think about you know how does that reflect the way that we come to god or he comes to us in worship um and so that's that's what they wrote sam give us some thoughts would you about why you think this is a classic well i love that story you've just told because um it's something that we've talked about before is allowing scripture to inform a song, whether or not actually that is necessarily obvious in the way that the song comes across. And when you say that, I go, oh, of course, that makes perfect sense. And I I must have sung this on Palm Sunday when I've wanted to sing Hosanna, but I wasn't, it wasn't necessarily clear to me that that has been the inspiration. But I think that's one of the strengths of this song is that there is a sense that this is based on on scripture. Um, I really like the fact that it has a kind of outward looking focus, even for a praise song, you know, the sound of hearts returning to you in your kingdom, broken lives are made new. So to me, that's not just a a sort of very inward personal and now everything's okay for me. Actually, there's a kind of outward focus to it. Uh, And then something that I think we've mentioned before is it has this really slow harmonic change, particularly in the verse. It's got that, you know, chord one, praises rising eyes are turning to and only then does it change to chord four and chord four is very close to chord one so you've got that real kind of stability all the way through the verse up to uh the pre-chorus when we see you chord five yeah suddenly that's a real contrast when we see you we find strength chord four back to one so i think that's really good use you've you've called that um as well using primary chords is that right yeah i call it that i don't know if anyone else does but i <laughs> You could one, four, that. and five. They're like primary yeah. colours. Yeah. It's got that real kind of primary colours. And then in the chorus, the chords change much quicker and it involves um, chord six as well. Yeah. So, you know, you've established this really firm bass. People are really secure what they're singing because the harmony is is really strong. And then you've got that interest in, in the chorus of just changing the chords a bit quicker, a few different chords. Um, so I think it's it's a it's a brilliant bit of writing from that point of view. Lovely. I've picked out, um, similarly to you, that opening section. Well, two melodic things, actually. The fact that that, uh, the opening section sits on one chord and then it has this rising sequence, doesn't it? Um, Which 
paints with melody the same picture that the words are painting praise is rising uh, you get this sense yeah, of, a yeah. ri- of the whole thing rising and, and drawing you in I think that's a brilliant bit of writing um, and using this little circular shape that moves up is a great way of doing that I think that's a good yeah. it's a good trick if you like it's a good tool um, and the other thing is the way they sing Hosanna in the chorus and they have this two you know they have the Hosanna they could have just sung Hosanna but actually, the first Hosanna, you hold out and you hold on to this long suspension, which you resolve. And then the next one is a lovely sort of dancing melody. Um, which makes both of those really pleasing to sing. It draws out two different senses of the Hosanna. One is of, a, of just letting it resound. And the other is actually sort of enjoying the celebration, the... the, the um, a kind of lightness to it. So there's a kind of strong and then there's light. And it's just a lovely singing the same word, but doing that different thing with it the second time. I think it's really clever, even though in a way it's a sort of repetition, but the way they use the melody the second time gives it interest and makes it really sing. So it's a bit we love to sing. And then the other thing I picked out is just the way that this song um, takes a bit of jargon and explains it. Sings this word Hosanna straight up. What does that mean? You're the God who saves us. Oh, well, there you go. We've got it. Um, so yeah, that's that's the thought. And now, of course, yeah, you probably don't want always to write songs. That you just keep explaining words, but it's quite good. It's like purify my heart, isn't? Is it that one? No. Um, yeah, I want to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. It just puts it. It's really simple, but it means you don't have to know the jargon to engage with the song necessarily. Uh, what would you improve, young man? I think that phrase um, that always sticks with me is um, when it says. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. That kind of bothers me a bit. And I guess I I kind of know what he means, um, but I do struggle with it um, because I think there's that there's that song that um, we used to sing, uh, in his presence oh, our know. problems disappear. Jesus, we celebrate your victory. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I yeah, think that, that yeah. yeah, in his presence our problems disappear. And I struggle with that um, because it's not, true is it's not true to people's experience to say that when we're in god's presence our problems disappear so i think in a similar way uh, i guess you know what you want to say is when you come into god's presence our problems our fears kind of um fade into insignificance or something but i think to say our fears are washed away to me it's just uh, it's uncareful lyric writing and um yeah i i think that could have been tweaked it could have been it could have been said better yeah, I, I I agree with you on that one, and and um, I also think that washed away is a slightly odd expression. Yeah, because washed away, really, we think of our sins being washed away, in, and even though it can make sense, you know, like the waves coming and crashing and washing stuff away, I just think it's a it's an odd way to talk about our fears, mm. particularly when I presume they have in mind the Bible saying perfect love that casts out fear you know that perhaps our fears are driven away or something but it doesn't scan the same so i know what you mean it's a, it's a slightly for both those reasons slightly odd line and i guess yeah. i it, you could say similar things about when we see you we find strength to face the day it's just it's sort of worshipees isn't it we, when we <laughs> yeah. see you yeah yeah and i i don't think it's i don't think we shouldn't talk in those terms but what you can't do in a song is be nuanced in the way you, you know. If you were preaching a sermon about it, you you talk a bit around it. You talk around the fears and how it responds to God's presence and so yeah. on. But you can't do that. And I guess the other thing is just having praised it for explaining the word hosanna. 
I'm still always left, and, and this is not necessarily a criticism of this song, because um, at least there's a, there's a good context for it here, but when we use Hosanna in songs, I think partly just, I'm not really sure anyone quite knows what it means, and I'm not sure what we think we're singing when we sing it. So we sing it as, a, I, think we, I think we sing it and we mean hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I, and maybe that's fine. I think we mean praise you, God. But actually, if you go back to the context of it and the original you know, Hebrew word that it comes from, from Psalm 118, it's about, it's a cry out to a saviour. And it could mean, it could be actually a, you know, a cry asking God to say. So when Jesus comes in, Hosanna, Hosanna, as in save us, save us, son of David. Right. Um, there is, I've had a little, I've looked it up a bit and there is some evidence that, that, that it became something of a chant. So when they would do the okay. Hallel Psalms on the way up to the temple and this would be kind of, it would culminate and one of the things they do is march around doing this Hosanna word as a kind of a chant. So it, 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 it probably took on a kind of praisey meaning. Right, yeah. Um, but it's, it's quite obscure as a word, isn't it? And yet it's part of our Christian worship vocabulary. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's the reason why I would sort of still encourage people to use it and the fact that it is kind of explained in this song i think is a good thing but maybe we need to go deeper you know the way you've just explained it there that you know it has um you know i would normally say you know hosanna or it means god saves but maybe we can take people deeper into that um but i would encourage us to use some of these very biblical words um and to you know put flesh on what they mean otherwise if you read the bible and you read the story of palm sunday and then you hear that they said hosanna you you don't really know you know what what that's about so i you know i'm still up for it well it's a good song it is let's do the 12 song challenge this month we've been doing the spring harvest challenge which is where we set the challenge of the start of the month to write a song based on the theme of spring harvest next year um it was to fit in as well with the songbook that they put together and submission deadlines and we we challenged people and said can you write something on a theme of unity and mission based on john 17 and if you do then send it in spring harvest and hey who knows um that's what we've done a bunch of people have been writing stuff i know several people have sent stuff to spring harvest so i'm i'm excited to find out what happens um i want to know sam how have you got on this month uh not very well (laughs) i haven't done it (laughs) Uh, i basically found out um I think that I just, you know, need to give time to writing songs. And I think a bit, you, you, when you interviewed Stuart Townend, he said uh, that people get into, you know, a phase and a mindset of writing and then it, it really flows. And I think that's me. I, I need to give it significant time. I need to get my brain into it. Um, and I was doing that earlier this year and then over the summer and with moving back to the UK and stuff, I've just not given it that kind of brain space. So to me, to try and just give, you know, an hour here and there, it's not it's not really working. And I I did look at the, the scriptures and the theme and I just and, and the irony is that I'm actually at Spring Harvest this year um, <laughs> and I'm leading. So I'm probably, uh, you know, in the alternative venue. So I probably the person who needs a song, but I guess I'm just going to have to nick all these other ones that have been written. Right. Well, we'll let you off. I have. Yeah, you're smug, aren't you? I'm not sure it's very good, but I did. <laughs> it's been quite a busy month. But I sat down a few days ago and I had a bit of a go at it, and I came up with a, I came up at least with a kind of an angle on it, which I, 
which I quite like, even if I don't know if I've executed it well in the song, but the kind of idea of what you could do. Certainly, by no means, um, quickly enough to send anything to Spring Harvest, so they can have it next year if they, if they well... When they, they decide repeat, to do the same theme rep- again. Yeah. <laughs> Seems <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> it does a bit, doesn't it? Um, we asked some of the 12-song challenges how they've been getting on, um, not just this month, but over the course of this, um, this year, and uh, I thought we'd just read you one of the things they said. It's nice to hear some feedback. Yeah, so Mel said, uh, really wanted to have a go at the full set, as in doing every month, but I didn't manage August and September. So it was good to be back again and working on something for this month. I definitely feel I know more now about what doesn't work, but I still need more ideas and inspiration about how to fix something that I've written, uh, but it's so stuck in my head that it's hard to reimagine. I guess we can probably all relate to that, that sense of once you've written it, it's hard to perhaps imagine it in another way. She says, I guess the answer is to leave it for a while, then come back to it fresh. I don't really get that option during this challenge, but I think my 2017 challenge will be get a couple of these uh, songs from this year finished and usable in our church. So yeah, it's great. Um, Fiona said, I've done 10 out of 10 so far. Top marks Smug. Not all complete, but something has gone on the forum each month. I can already see how my process has changed from January. Uh, that's great. That's, that's just encouraging, I think. Just get something done and so you're developing and evolving and learning. And Jenny said, I haven't managed the full 10 so far, but I really love what Brian Dirksen said about God giving us seeds and we work yeah. hard on them after that. Yeah, that's great. I feel that my songwriting results in reasonable songs, but when God has definitely planted a seed or a line or two or some tune, but when it's all me, it really doesn't work at all. Lesson learned is that, surprise, surprise, everything works better with God in it. Yeah. True that. So thank you to those of you who've been feeding back. It's great to hear how it's been helping you. Um, Sam, I think you had a look on the forum and, and picked out something from our writers from this month. Yes, I've got one from Andy Clark, uh, and it's a song called Lord God of All Time. And uh, yeah, it's one that I believe he actually wrote earlier uh, in the year, maybe in February or something. Because we did one on community, didn't we? Yeah, and, that's right. And some people put that very much in sort of unity thing yeah so he's he's picked up on those themes he was inspired at the time by john 17 and uh and so he's he's posted this song and i think it really fulfills um you know a lot of a lot of what the spring harvest theme is is looking at let's have a listen Perfect 
So um, I think that's uh, a really good job that Andy's done there. Uh, I like the way that he's touched on these themes of unity and being the body of Christ and being uh, people of God, but he's also kept it very God-focused. Um, so it's God that's getting getting the glory, uh, and then you know it's us that's responding yeah. as the church. Um, I think the one just you know suggestion that I would make is in the melody of the verse. Um, it's got this lovely little sort of sequence. Lord God of all time, God of our hearts, God of our minds. And then he plays an A minor chord, uh, and then he sings the seventh, the G U call us. And then he um, plays a D chord, and again he sings the G, which is kind of sus four. You call us now by your name. But the second repeat, um, he goes up to the A instead giving you gl- glory and praise and that time singing an a with an a minor and a d those are notes that are much more firmly in the chord and so i wonder whether he ought not to do that the first time as well you call us now by your name using those notes that are really solidly in the chord i think makes that more of a um a more consistent melody. Nice one. Well, well done, Andy. Um, we'll send those comments to Spring Harvest as well. No, don't do that. Just in case. <laughs> uh, that's really good. So it's a, it's great to have an example. Sam, I had a go at writing something. Well done. Um, and um, I'm going to... Can I be cheeky? And can I play you the recording of it? Rather go ahead. And sit here and sing it to you. Because um, I was so worried it was weak. <laughs> I tried to disguise it with a nice recording. Oh, yes. That'll trick. <laughs> So maybe if we ever listen to that, um, and then um, I've actually, and then I thought maybe we could have a listen, and then I picked out one or two of the things that some of the 12 Song Challengers said about it. We can have a look at those, and then maybe you can add some other thoughts. gospel that we have received heard on the lips of the faithful who followed the Lord we are the ones who now stand as witness to Christ in this land seeking to live as the faithful who followed the Lord who followed the Lord let us be one, let us be one, just like the Father and the Son. Let us proclaim that He is the way, living in love, the truth and grace. Let us be one. I think you've done a really good job there. I think it is a, it's a really nice recording, but I think, you know, that's not hiding... Uh, melodic content i think you've you've written a good strong melody uh in both the verse and the chorus and i think you've you know you've you followed on the the theme so i think you've done well lovely thank you sam well you can get a bit stuck into it in a moment um i just picked out a few of the things that the the 12 12 song challenges said because i thought they're quite helpful yeah. so emma said this song is amazing it's completely changed my life <laughs> listening to- okay I made-, <laughs> I made that one up <laughs> but the rest are true emma is that what you're calling uh, Alan yourself alan said 
I wonder if the tune variation for He is the One is really necessary. I think there's enough originality to the piece to stand straight repetition again. Mm, yeah. Point, Alan. Uh, Nicholas said, I particularly like Let Us Be One, Let Us Be One, just like the Father and the Son. Very simple, but very profound, which I guess is the songwriter's gold. Um, Adam said, my only possible comment would be that you made quite a point of showing that those who've gone before spoke the gospel. It was on their lips. But you suggested that our way of proclaiming the gospel is by the way we live. That, of course, is 100% right and is more important than saying we should just speak it. But at the moment, there's not even a mention of us using our lips, which you might be happy with because that's often how we share the gospel badly. But I would say we need to say and do. Fair enough. And Rupert said it would be good to finish it because it's saying something really critical, but the nature of it is not in a particularly intense way, if that makes any sense. Sometimes when we talk about mission in church, especially, it can feel like the finger is being pointed. So I thought there were some really helpful comments yeah. there, and I think I sort of agreed with all of them. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, I think the one thing, I'm not sure you're going to like this. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Do you? You're going to say, can you pep it up a bit? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, I'm going to say, uh, I have this issue. I don't know if you remember that song, I want to serve the purpose of God in my generation. Yes, it did. And it yeah. kind of had this sense of like, it's us now. <laughs> we are doing this now. The generations before, they messed up. They weren't faithful. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But we are faithful. We are. And because you've got that really strong on the beginning of the you know first beat, first line, we are the ones. Yeah. And then in line, you know, you repeat, we are the ones. It's kind of us focused. And that's not your intention. That's not what you're trying to say. But because of where it sits in the song... I think it feels like um, this is a song about yeah. us. Um, and I guess that's not what you intended, but it's just uh, you've got to somehow, I think, work around that issue. Yeah, that's a fair point. Because what I'm trying to do, this is why I said I quite like the, the angle as an idea. And I don't know if I'm managing to execute it, but that we, we look at that prayer of Jesus and say, well, we're the ones he was praying for. Yeah. We, let's let's name ourselves yeah, yeah. as being the the, the people in that prayer yeah and because of that now let's respond as if jesus is praying that for us uh, but i totally see your point and yeah. you know, I, i've assumed a certain knowledge of the context perhaps yeah where you know if you sang that then at spring harvest next year when everyone has been teaching on john 17 all week you'd think oh, of course we, yeah we're the one yeah, yeah that's us yeah but absolutely as you say it doesn't sound like that does it actually it just sounds like well they weren't but <laughs> we are yeah <laughs> we're great and um, yeah i hear your point sorry about that but otherwise you know i think it's definitely worth pursuing nice that's great that's cool okay well thanks folks thanks to sam thanks to um those who fed in your comments i think i'll probably i'm going to crack on a little bit with it i didn't i wasn't sure yeah i think i'm going to have a go and then uh, see where this one goes so we've reviewed the october challenge and it's time to move on to the november 12 song challenge 12 song challenge Our challenge for November is to write Advent songs. Yeah, we're not giving people very long, have we, again? <laughs> no. That's true, actually. But, they well, if you get it done by the end of November, you're bang on ready, aren't you? Yeah, if you don't, it's ready for next year, I guess. You're giving yourself a whole year. Loads of time. Um, Advent is... Advent is a funny thing, isn't it? You're going to talk a bit more about it, Sam, so I'm just going to vent my spleen. Chocolate calendars. And, uh, then you, <laughs> you can tell us all about it. Because it's this season before Christmas, and I've heard it described as trying to do something a bit like Lent before Christmas. It's a sort of a, it's a, it's a season, it's this month before Christmas, which in much of our, certainly in Britain, and I wouldn't be surprised in the States as well and, and, and other Western cultures, 
Christmas begins you know in Britain Christmas begins in sort of mid October certainly yeah, in the shops it's ridiculous and and December is Christmas parties and Christmas carol services and Christmas it's Christmas 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 so we tend to treat advent as being getting ready for Christmas yeah whereas actually advent is supposed to be about something else it's supposed yeah, to be about looking things. ahead to the lord's return and um and in a sense preparing and fasting and waiting and, and those kind of ideas um but I think what often happens is then in our churches we try and do Advent and it turns out as Christmas. So I I went to some of the some of the guys at the Liturgy Fellowship on Facebook and just yep. asked a few of them. These are um, it's it's like sort of the the thinking man's worship leaders, aren't they? It's a sort of people <laughs> who like people who are often are worship pastors and that kind of thing. Often in slightly more liturgical churches and quite often in North America somewhere because there's more of a tradition of a it's a crossover really isn't it i don't know there's more that there, somehow in the uk perhaps there's more divide between you either have a choral tradition yeah. or you have a completely contemporary christian worship tradition and there's this other thing which stands in the middle of really high quality stuff yeah that exists more in the states and maybe a smattering of it in the uk <coughs> so we ask some of them yeah we can get um uh bruce benedict if people go back to the interview we do with him because he runs this liturgy fellowship group of course absolutely so i just asked them how do you incorporate the idea of advent into your services and it was telling actually quite a lot of the responses i got even still sounded like a preparation for christmas yeah but we got one or two that quite helpful andrea said one of the ways we've sometimes done things is to use the advent candle lighting as the call to worship to keep it from being cute or trite and this year we're going to use come light our hearts as part of the candle lighting liturgy another year we sang the taze prepare the way of the lord without yeah, accompaniment all four good. sundays of advent as the first thing in our service and they called it the gathering song started out tentative and timid but by week four it was robust and confidently mm. sung in around i like that idea of it being something which has naturally becomes more robust you build it up over the um, season mary rose apparently named after the boat <laughs> wrote i write advent hymns based on my pastor's sermons from the year before it's Great. really clever yeah i mean you can't you unfortunately well you could do that this month of course you could if you've got you know if you can download sermons from your your church from last year what did they preach on that's a great idea it gives you a year to do it and matthew um he said we do a candle lighting liturgy all four sundays within the liturgy it's always explained that advent is about waiting longing and expectation we also do an intercessory song of prayers of the people with the simple sung refrain from bifrost arts messiah and recited intercessory prayers in between the refrain. Um, I went and had a listen to that Bifrost Arts thing, and I could totally see how that would be a really good thing to sing as a refrain. Um, blah, blah, blah. I, went, I emailed Isaac. Is it Bifrost or Bifrost? Bifrost. Bifrost. Yeah. What does it mean? We'll, we'll try and interview Isaac in the future. Yeah. Um, and I emailed him and, and asked if we could play a clip of it, and he forwarded the email on to, uh, to a label guy who had to give me permission, and I've not yet had one back. So... Um, when it comes to mixing this, if I have, we're going to insert a little clip of just that Messiah um, chorus. So, uh, shall we? <laughs> it's either about to appear now or it's not. It's Schrodinger's cat. So, I wonder what happened there. Sam, do you think do you think we listened to it? Will anyone ever know? <laughs> um, Sam, I think you should um, help us out here. How can we how can we approach Advent? How can we use it as a genuine season? And um, what kind of ideas could we have? Yeah, I guess this is um, it's a really rich resource we have in Advent. I mean, people I think they do one of two things: they either jump into Christmas really early, start doing you know beginning of December, they start preaching on Christmas, or they almost ignore um advent entirely and and leave it right up to the day 
uh, and don't necessarily help people to kind of prepare themselves spiritually. But the idea is that Advent uh, comes from the Latin, which means the coming. And it's really four weeks of preparing spiritually for Christmas. And it's, it's a sense of a fast before a feast. So similarly in the way that you have Lent, and Lent's a bit more austere and a bit more about kind of penitence. But but similarly, uh, Advent is a, a kind of fast to prepare you yeah. spiritually for the, for the feast of Christmas. Um, and if you look at some of the... Um, we talked earlier about the lectionary the lectionary readings they do take you through the bible and in, in looking at different themes which are about preparation and waiting and anticipation maybe of jesus coming the first time in the the early lectionary readings of advent um but then also the preparation of john the baptist coming the sort of sense of prepare the way of the lord and then towards the end you get on to to mary and joseph yeah so um yes if you're going to explore the themes of advent in your songs the songs you're writing uh one of the themes i would really encourage you to think about is this theme of waiting and that's something that's really important in our contemporary society we're not very good at waiting you know we get frustrated if our um you know our emails take a while to load or our youtube video is you know buffering for five seconds we want to throw the computer out the window it's really yeah kind of frustrating to us isn't it there could be a really cool maybe it wouldn't be cool it would be hard to do but the idea of buffering we get the idea of buffering and maybe waiting for the lord is like god is well buffering. i have actually used that already oh. in the video I talked about uh, yeah. the area 52 video that we made we actually uh, used images from contemporary life loading buffering hold music so that's already there on that video you can uh, oh nice yeah you can see it it's uh, on engageworship.org you're always ahead of the game slash area 52 is a video called the waiting room uh, and that that kind of t- touches on those you can get a link uh, off the resound site but there are lots of other resources to get inspiration from um one of my albums of last year was rain for roots this group that does kind of all age or kind of children friendly songs but they're really beautifully recorded simple really deep words they did an album last year called waiting songs all songs for advent uh, and that's definitely worth checking out lots of good material lots of good advent themes right through that album uh if you wanted to look at teze They've got a, a wonderful song called Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord whose day is near. Wait for the Lord, keep watch, take heart. You could use a chant like that to help you as a church reflect on waiting or you could be inspired by that to write your own song. Uh, or even the Catherine Scott song, you know the song Hungry? Um, I've used that around Advent time and got people to think about... Um, you know, what are they waiting for? Uh, how do they feel about the, the whole idea of waiting for the coming of Christ, yeah. whether that's the coming of Christ in uh, at Christmas or the second coming? Uh, and all those themes of waiting um, are really, you know, um, I think they're, re- they're really strong. They're resonant for our culture. They help us have that sense of, you know, um, patience before Christmas, which kids can en- engage with and understand. So, yeah, that, that theme of waiting is one that you could you could really go to town on with your songwriting or with your uh, with your worship. And yeah, as I said, related to that is um, the theme of Jesus coming again. That's not something that we sing about a lot in church, but there is um, a good song example uh, of that from Resound Worship is Judy Gresham's song um, "Lift Up Your Eyes," lovely Advent song. Uh, it's got some great Advent themes in there, and in the second verse. 
she goes, I thought the second mm. or third verse, she goes on to talk about Jesus coming again. People will know this song uh, from this podcast because it um, it's the, the music that we use as kind of theme music at the beginning. <laughs> it's actually... It's the, the kind of instrumental ding, 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 ding. That is uh, Lift Up Your Eye. So go and check out the whole song. See what Judy's done uh, using that uh, those kind of themes of Advent and Jesus coming again in that song. Yeah. Then as we go on throughout the season, we start to think about uh, anticipating the incarnation, anticipating Jesus coming. Uh, things like John the Baptist saying, prepare the way. Um, someone talked earlier about the use the, the Teze song, prepare the way of the Lord, the round. Or you could use um, one of the most famous Advent hymns, um, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus by Charles Wesley. There are loads of versions of this. Uh, if you look online, we were pointed towards by Daniel uh, Renström. I think I've said that in the Swedish way, but um, uh, he's got a really nice version of it. Rain for Roots uh, oh, yeah. uh, on yeah. their album Waiting Songs has got a good version. And also also uh, Gareth Robinson is a British uh, worship leader. Yeah, uh, he's written a version we used to use quite a lot in in my church. So I would encourage you to kind of check that out. Maybe you could write your own. You know, I'm sure another version of uh, "Come Thou Long Expected Jesus" would would not go amiss as well. And then another theme is the Old Testament prophets, um, their writings about the coming Messiah, and especially Isaiah is really rich in stuff about um, about the coming king. Mm. So you might go to Isaiah. Uh, themes uh, songs like O Come O Come Emmanuel you know that's there's just so many versions of that around that you can listen to uh, it's probably I mean yeah. you probably agree Joel it's kind of the classic Advent hymn I think pretty much everybody yeah sings that <laughs> <laughs> even if they don't understand what the words mean um, so I would encourage people to kind of check that out yeah. check out the different versions we'll put a couple of those again on on the the webpage for this podcast um, or you might take a, a thing from Isaiah like Isaiah 9. Um, Andy Irons, one of our writers, has written a wonderful little round, a really short, simple round uh, that you can get off the Resound Worship website. Yeah. It's really good uh, to use around Advent time. At our celebration event, we heard Steve James talking about leading that and the Keswick Convention in the big tent with thousands yeah. of people singing yeah. this. Sounded great. Uh, oh, fantastic. I'd love to have heard it. Yeah, so that's that's Andy's song, or I wrote a song based on that passage as well and that theme of um, Jesus um, you know, coming as the Prince of Peace, as it's called You Bring Peace. Mm. And uh, you might want to check that out as well on the Resound website. And then uh, we have, as you get through the season, you eventually get into what you might consider the more familiar stories. You get the Annunciation by Gabriel to Mary of uh, Jesus. Um, you know, he's going to be, you know, born through her. And so you might do something like the Magnificat, Mary's song that she sings after visiting Elizabeth. Uh, I had a go at writing one of these. Um, you can find that on the Jubilate website. My soul glorifies the Lord again. That's around. Or there's also uh, Timothy Dudley Smith's uh, wonderful hymn, Tell Out My Soul, which is pretty much just the Magnificat set as a hymn. So you might want to check that out, see what he did with that. And then, you know, write your own version of the Magnificat or take themes out of it or be inspired by it. No, no, I'm sorry. I was just smiling about, I was smiling about Timothy Dudley Smith coming and asking for your address. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it was really lovely. <laughs> oh, absolutely, this is this is really good. So this is uh, these are all ways 
that you can find stuff that is already out there, all of which I think could give you inspiration for how to write yeah, exactly. something for Advent. I guess I would want to set a little rule, and you can tell me if you think this is fair or too harsh. I think what we want to do this month is we want to write Advent songs, and they're not allowed to be Christmas songs. Yeah, that's fair. We can talk about Christmas, but it's all, it's got to be in terms of serving the Advent theme rather yeah. than it being a Christmas song where you make some reference to, oh, and by the way, he's coming again. Yeah. Actually have it about the waiting, the anticipation, the prophecies, his return and so on. Yeah. But by all means, layer it with the themes that are there in Christmas. But if you see, it's that kind of way up. Um, and I think I think we need to do that. Otherwise, we'll write a bunch of Christmas songs. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, these themes, I mean, hopefully your church um, will be able to use this for, you know, four weeks of the year, at least for yeah. Advent and do that every year. But also a lot of these themes are things that will come up again, aren't they? You know, something like waiting, anticipating, patience, um, something about the incarnation, something about uh the second coming these are themes that will come up again in your your preaching so they're not songs that will will never be used but i think you know to really hone in on one of these advent themes and write a song out of that would be would be really good i want to throw in an idea as well if if you're stuck um how about writing something which is is fairly simple and and you add a verse each week or yeah. something like that yeah. or you add a layer so because then you could have your opening thing could be very much just about, oh, we're longing for a Messiah, we're longing for a saviour. And your next one could be about, well, the promises and he's coming and it'll be like this. And then then, then a bit of the, um, it, you, you could take it right through to Christmas so that your last verse actually is, is really celebrating the Christmas coming uh, of Jesus. And that's a possibility where you then would learn it and use it throughout um every sunday and that could yeah. be a great thing you know maybe add one for each of the advent candles or, or yeah. something like that if yeah. you use advent candles well and lots of churches do it's very common and i think people want to add some depth to that so it's not just a cutesy moment that's the 12 song challenge for november so all that remains for us now is to introduce our featured song which this time is the aforementioned you bring peace by sam hargreaves yeah, so this, as I said, was uh, Isaiah 9 and the sense of God being, uh, Jesus being wonderful counsellor, everlasting father, mighty God, prince of peace. It's also inspired by that line where it says that God uh, gives peace, but not as the world gives. And interestingly, I did write it for Advent, but um, strangely, shortly after I wrote it, um, there was a, a friend uh, who died and the family asked for this song to be played because it talks about uh, you bring joy in the midst of our grief uh, and has some of those more somber themes. Yeah. Um, but what I love about this as well is that um, it's the version that was on the uh, Resound Christmas album. And I originally wrote it in quite an acoustic-y way. And the Weeks boys, when they got hold of it, they've given it this kind of really um, interesting electronic texture behind it. Uh, so I love that. And we also made a video uh, that you can in yeah. download from the Resound or the Engage site, which engages you in kind of intercession uh, through the screen as you listen to the song. Brilliant. So. This is a mo really, this is our moment to give a plug for our Christmas Songs album. It's called oh, yeah. Christmas Songs. It's available <laughs> from the usual outlets, um, but it, we particularly love it when you come and buy it from our website, resoundworship.org. Yeah. Um, and there is not a rehashed carol in sight. There is not. All and original. Exactly. And... All the resources are there, aren't they? If you want to have new music for Christmas, the website's got choir scores, orchestral scores, backing tracks, videos. So it's all there ready to use and to do with a choir or just to do in services. It's the bee's knees. 
gas pajamas. So do get in touch with your questions and comments via facebook.com slash resoundworship.org, via Twitter at resoundworship, or email podcast at resoundworship.org. Until next time, bye-bye. Au revoir.